Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the New England Patriots. This is the Patriots Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Patriots Wire editor, Henry McKenna. Welcome into the show, our first in what will be a series of uh, episodes here in March and April as we get ready for the start of NFL free agency and the draft. What's good with you, Henry? I, I saw you've already got a couple wild mock drafts out there aggravating some Patriots fans on Twitter, so we've officially, uh, I think we've officially hit the offseason with you. Yeah, I love, I love mock draft season. They're already Let's rubbing people weird. the wrong way, too. Yeah, just rubbing people Let's the wrong get way. people excited and angry and just emoting period yeah i i I always i mean people if you've been listening for since last year you know that mock drafts are kind of i mean they're so fun obviously there's there's not a lot of value to them because nobody can accurately predict one round let alone seven but that's kind of what i lean into which is that like nobody knows what's going to happen so let's just like imagine madness and um so yeah, I got it. I kicked off my first offseason mock draft for the Patriots, just kind of like playing into the NFL combine buzz and rumors and all that, and ended up taking actually a safety slash a Devin McCourty reincarnate called uh, Dax Hill out of Michigan. So that was kind of a fun you know experiment, and there will be many more, many many more of uh, these mock drafts to come this offseason. Plenty to talk about. Yeah, it's just interesting coming out of the combine. There, there are a lot of different ways you could go with a mock, right? Wide receiver. Uh, I, I think you threw people off with that safety, which was fun. I, I had to read the comments on on that Twitter post, Henry, to see what people are saying when you pick the safety. But could easily see them go wide receiver, linebacker, corner. Now that J.C. Jackson hasn't gotten the tag, you know, they, it seems like they have plenty of needs, not a ton of cap space. So, like, let's lead off here with with this episode, like. What's Belichick's mentality, you think, coming out of the combine and entering free agency? Uh, based on all the things we've learned, all the people that they've been linked to, different players, different positions, what's Belichick's mentality right now? Let's review his, his, what he's looking at, right? He's looking at six draft picks. The first rounder is at pick 21. And then obviously all of their own draft picks are at that same position, you know, relatively for each round. And then, you know, he's got um, a first, second, third round pick. Uh, and then they've traded away some of their, their picks in rounds four through seven. And then he also has, I believe it's after cutting Kyle Van Noy, I think the number is, is 13.7 million. In cap space, uh, cutting Kyle Van Noy freed up about four point one million. So that's that's what he has to work with. But 
um, what hypothetically can he do with that and, and with the rest of his roster? And by that, I mean, how much more cap space can he fill out? And maybe, but I don't think this is uh, that big of a deal. How much more capital can he get in the draft? I think ultimately we won't really see that until draft day. We might see the Patriots pull trades um, with their capital. But uh, I kind of think, you know, they might trade back in the draft um, to get more picks. This is a deep draft, supposedly, you know, in, in positions like 17 to like 60 or something like that. Not unlike the last few years. Um, so we'll get to that in one second. But what's more pressing is free agency, right? And and with just 13.7 million in cap space, the Patriots aren't likely to do all that much, right? In theory, this is the, this is the down year for Belichick where he sits back and he lets the dust settle on everyone else who feverishly spends like Belichick did last year um, and, and really, you know, gets the players that they think they need to win a championship, right? And so Belichick had to buy his team last year and he did it so aggressively that the Patriots really are kind of stuck for cap space so much so they had to let J.C. Jackson go that I think ultimately they may have to let Devin McCourty, Dante Hightower, Trent Brown, all pending free agents, all potential losses in the coming free agency class. But what I do think might happen this year is I think maybe they will free up a little more cap space to make one major acquisition this year, to bring in one, let's say, Matt Judon-sized addition. Not necessarily in terms of impact, because obviously Judon was a game-changer last year, especially in the first, like, 14 games. But I mean more like, you know, financially like they might they might make a big move whether it's yeah it could be a, a trade acquisition too by the way but uh, we've heard Robbie Anderson Anderson uh, Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal he suggested the Patriots were kicking the tires on him now the fact that that got out makes me think that now it's probably not going to happen because th- that information doesn't come out probably unless the Patriots have passed on him so then the the Panthers probably leaked that information. So then the market kind of heats up a little bit. Yep. But um, what about Amari Cooper? What about Allen Robinson? Yes, Allen Robinson. The Mike Giardi of NFL Network reported on Wednesday that the Patriots were doing, quote, excessive, end quote, work on a variety of veteran wide receivers headed for free agency and or the trade market. And Robinson is one of them. And he's going to cost a ton of money. He's going to be the biggest signing of the wide receiver free agency class. And if the Patriots think that they could do work on him and potentially land him, that I mean, that that means the whole free agency receiver market that's left over after Mike Williams got extended and Chris Godwin, he got the franchise tag. That whole class is basically, you know, what the Patriots think is in reach for them. So don't count out options. Consider the fact that the Patriots might do something very aggressive with their salary cap situation. Maybe they put void years into Devon Godshaw and Nelson Aguilar's contract, meaning they quote unquote extend the guy, not unlike what they did with Brady, but it doesn't actually make their Patriots tenure last any longer. It just pushes 
their cap value to a later year, 2023. So there are options. Change Matt Judon's contract, convert his his salary to signing bonus, right? A lot of people don't really understand what this means, but it just means less money on the cap this year, more money on the cap next year and and potentially years to come. So there's there's like a leveraging problem, right? You 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 are procrastinating the salary cap hit. And and you know, sometimes procrastination works out just fine for people, but sometimes it really bites them in the butt. And um so the Patriots, I think, might do that sort of salary crap, salary cap procrastination. <laughs> no, the cap is crap. That's good. It is the salary crap. Yeah. Uh, they might do the the procrastination for the right player. And I, I would guess that, I guess it sounds like maybe Allen Robinson could be that right player. But, but more realistically, he might be if his market isn't as robust as he thinks it's going to be. Amari Cooper seems like a guy that might be in the mix for that. Bobby Wagner, 170 tackles at the middle of Seattle's defense last year. Maybe he's a guy that they consider. Um, so it's interesting. And I know that you are uh, very intrigued by the Amari Cooper possibility. Oh, I am. No, I mean, he's reportedly going to get cut loose by Dallas because he makes $20 million a season. Uh, and you know, I think my take on that, Henry, is like it feels like he's he's going to end up being too rich for the Patriots' blood. Uh, same with Allen Robinson. I just think at the end of the day, are they really going to compete and pay these guys around eighteen, nineteen, twenty million a year, or or like you're saying, like maybe less this year, more in the back end when the cap's expected to go up? Maybe I just have a hard time seeing that because that's not the Patriots. The Patriots are more are are more apt to trade for Robbie Anderson. And you know, I think you laid it out pretty perfectly on Patriots Wire when you talked about how Robbie Anderson hasn't really had a quarterback. I think the best he's ever had is like Cam Newton, Teddy Bridgewater, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, but again, he's a undrafted guy, never been a number one receiver, wasn't a number one guy in Carolina. That's DJ Moore, right? Uh, adding Robert Robbie Anderson, it, it's fine. I just don't. He's probably an upgrade over Nelson Aguilar, but how much? You know, how much? A guy like Cooper or Robinson is a major upgrade. I mean, Cooper. Amari Cooper is like a legit number one receiver and, and one that opponents wouldn't they have to commit their best coverage guy to or double team Amari Cooper on the outside because that dude's a tactician route running on the outside and I don't know if the Patriots have had a guy like that so now you got Amari Cooper on the outside you have all your underneath stuff that you do with your tight ends and uh, Jacoby Myers I mean I think you're onto something but again like Amari Cooper's probably going to hit the market Dallas is going to let him go and are the Patriots going to sign him probably not because why? Because they spent too much last year? Because they have Nelson Aguilar on a terrible contract right now and they can't do a ton with that? Uh, that's a little frustrating to me. Like The fact that we have Mac Jones on a rookie contract and we should be able to go get Amari Cooper if he's available, but we're probably not because we, we're in a cap situation, right? I think, to me as a fan, Henry, that's annoying. You know, If that guy's available and we can't go get him. The, ultimately, the cap is the cap, and the Patriots went big last year. I don't blame them for doing that. We've been through it, why they did that so aggressively last year. And for those who missed it, I'll do a quick summary, which is that because of the pandemic, the league's finances lowered the salary cap for the first time in over a decade, which created a very rare uh, buyer's market. The free agency market is usually a seller's or a player's market 
in this case, the teams had a huge advantage and the Patriots had cleared a ton of cap space to be locked and loaded and get these big, well, relatively small contracts in a, in a, and, and basically maximize the, their market situation. And it's classic Belichick, like perfectly times up the time when he's going to spend big. And ultimately, if you look at the class that he got, it was bound to have hits and misses. I think you should be pleased with what hit and what missed in year one. And there's still time in year two for the guys that were whiffs, included Johnny Smith, Nelson Aguilar, and to a degree, Devon Godshaw. Like those three, like any one of them could turn it on next year. And I would say more realistically, um, Godshaw more than any other, but you never know. And so when you look at it that way, you know, that their that their hands are tied this year because they did what they did last year. I think hopefully you can see why it like you can't you can let go of some of that stress and angst that you've got built up, Ryan. <laughs> um but you know me, it's hard I, it's hard for me. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, you know, I, I do like the fit of Amari Cooper um a great deal. I think he would be a good uh, and like, you know, he's not so old that they wouldn't want to sign him to a long ish deal. Um, and the longer the deal, the, the easier it is to fit under the cap this year. Yep. So he's 27. Sign him to a five year deal. You, you might not have him for five years, but you could put him, you know, you could put him on the team for, for maybe three. And then at that point, you have to figure out what to do with his cap. Hit. But um I think that's that's a, a reasonable option. And then, I mean, we'll see what happens. If, if they decide that they can't get, um, you know, a premier receiver, which I think is very possible, oftentimes these guys price out past the Patriots' ability. You know, maybe they go for a big playmaker on defense, be it at cornerback, be it at linebacker. And then you look to the draft. And this is what I was saying with, with sort of the the – mentality of the draft right if Belichick's gonna get go big splash on one guy and then probably like wait until all the spending happens and then he picks up you know the Adrian Phillipses you know guys that will be potential starters but you know it's like a 50-50 shot but you only had to pay him like one to three million a year and all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're, they they kind of owe you one because you brought their career back. So, but the, the draft mentality might be kind of different, kind of opposite even, where the Patriots could actually trade back in the first round. And we say this every year and that the draft is deep and blah, 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 blah. But it, it can still be true every year. And the Patriots could see that 21 spot. And if they want a cornerback, which they may not get in free agency. If they want a receiver, which they may not get in free agency, that 21 spot might be an interesting place where they could actually go back a little bit. And maybe they pick up a quarterback like Kyir Elam out of Florida. Maybe they move back and they get like Traylon Burks, who didn't have the greatest combine, might maybe kind of slip. Maybe they get Jamison Williams, who's got that ACL injury and may miss the first half of the year. Um, but they could potentially use a little flexibility to move back in the first round or even into the into the top of the second and pick up some other picks in this draft so that they keep adding 
youth because they they really need to keep building out the young the younger part of the roster. The the big free agency spend made them an older team. So starting to think about cheaper options at positions, particularly tackle actually, which we haven't even mentioned yet. Um they need to start doing that. And that means taking more picks in the top three rounds. So that could mean taking picks lower in the top three rounds because they're going to trade back and acquire more. Just thinking in, 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 if we see the free agency period play out like we think, then maybe the response in, in the draft is, is opposite and sort of yin and yang. I think to wrap up the wide receiver conversation, because you mentioned some of these guys, Traylon Burks from Arkansas, John Mechie from Alabama, Slade Bolden, Wandale Robinson. These are all wide receivers that, uh, you know, Chris Olave from Ohio State. These are all receivers that uh, reportedly either reportedly met with the Patriots or actually said at the podium, yeah, I bet with the Patriots, right? So we have all these guys from that are going to go either projected first rounders or second day guys or maybe even an undrafted guy like Slade Bolden might be. I mean, guys from all over the draft board, right, Henry, are, are connected to the Patriots or talking to the Patriots. Maybe it's due diligence. Is it a smokescreen? What is it, right? We've heard about, we've talked about Robbie Anderson. We're talking about guys like Allen Robinson, maybe Amari Cooper. You know, before the whole news came out with Calvin Ridley, he was, the Patriots were kind of publicly linked to Calvin Ridley. And just an aside, you know, Ridley taking a break from football where he makes tens of millions of dollars a season, Henry, to whip out his phone on Sunday and place an 18, an 18 NFL parlay. I can't say I've ever related to a professional football player more than that right? Ridley, <laughs> Ridley taking a step back and like basically entering my living room right on a Sunday making the 18 uh, NFL parlay it's like man I can so I can relate to Calvin Ridley I, I, it's unbelievable but they were, they're, they're linked to all these guys receivers so like what is that is that real or is that a smokescreen right I mean that's one of my big questions here is like do you want them to go wide receiver early in the draft or would you rather them take that high upside guy like a Slade Bolden who might just fit their system so well later on. I, I think that's one of my that's one of the most interesting uh, you know, questions going into the draft, I think, for the Pats. Are they, you know, should should Belichick go with what he knows and what he's best at drafting, like big defensive lineman or or someone on the defensive side of the football? Like maybe a safety like a Devin McCourty. We've seen him hit all these defensive players. Or do we want him to go back to the well and draft a receiver? Like they are kind of telling us or at least want people to think they might do. Yeah. So I am of the belief that the Patriots should try one more time with either with veterans to bring in another guy. Like perfect world. You acquire Amari Cooper. You trade away Nelson Aguilar. And um, you move on. And that's the receiver situation for the near future. I'm all you in put on that. That'd be great. A second, yeah. You put a second round tender on Jacoby Myers, and you see what happens with those five pass catchers: Hunter Henry, John Smith, Amari Cooper, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers. That's a good group. It's an expensive group, but it's a good group. But that's what you do when you draft a quarterback in the first round, especially if he's at fifteenth overall, where it's cheap even cheaper than obviously the top of the draft, you can afford these guys. It's okay to go after them. So if the Patriots can get a decent deal done with Cooper, great. And then you go on with perfect world, you head into the draft, you trade back in the first round, you acquire 
at least a third rounder, but probably a second or maybe a third and, you know, a future pick. And then there are options in the middle of that draft that I like at receiver. First of all, this this whole draft class flies. They are crazy. The fast. combine was insane. All the numbers coming out of that combine, man. It was like I, yeah. I mean, I've never sat and watched the combine before, but just on Twitter, right. it was insane. All the numbers coming out. Yeah, yeah, super fast. And so, what I think they do should do is you trade back, you grab a cornerback at the top of the draft, cornerback or safety, maybe a linebacker with versatility to rush the passer. But I think you probably wait on linebacker. What you really want is one of these premium, game-changing, back end of your defense, defensive backs. And then in that second, third, and maybe even fourth round, you start thinking about receivers. You start thinking about John Mechie if he doesn't go earlier. And he is an absolute technician who kind of reminds me of like a smaller A.J. Brown, like just owns the middle they're like mini tight ends, kind of. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's a good um, comp too, because AJ Brown was a second rounder, I think, too. So it's a good comp, right? Yeah. But the problem with Mechi so is twofold. For the team that drafts him, he's got tons of injury problems, including the ACL injury that he's overcoming right now. For the for for the teams that want him, he's such a technician, he's such a good playmaker that he might actually move up the draft despite those injury concerns. Because like a guy like Elijah Moore last year, maybe they're not the hugest player, but they are so solid as like technicians that they're going to be immediate contributors to your offense Um, versus a guy like London Drake, who like may need a little bit of time. He he sort of thrives off of being a physical freak. Traylon Burks is the same thing. Nikhil Harry was supposed to be the same thing. They're guys that are so physically imposing that they just have beaten the competition for years. But when you move to the NFL, you can't do the exact same things because you're not as physically imposing anymore. Everybody else is just like you, one of the best athletes in the world. So that takes time to adjust versus these like technicians. They are already there, even if they don't run, you know, a four, four, they're not six foot five. And that's why John Mechie, I think, is is a tricky guy to project in this year's draft because he could go at the end of the first at the end of the well, yeah, he could go at the end of the first round. He could go at the end of the second round. I just don't know. Um, so, but I still like it. Uh, this is a way way too long. <laughs> I get I get obsessed with the draft prospects <laughs> like that, but you, you um, get giddy over it. It's great. I know. And so Wandale Robinson, we talked about him on previous drafts or excuse me, in previous podcasts, I think um, he's like a super twitchy guy. Um, and I'm forgetting where he played Kentucky, right? Google it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Kentucky SEC guy. He actually didn't wow at the combine, which is interesting because I still think he is a freak athlete, even if the testing numbers weren't there you still take him with the assumption because if he's a freak athlete in the sec and he has like elite football speed, you, I, I don't know. You, I, I yeah. don't worry too much over some of these you guys. Know, his, you, the, you get them on the field and nobody can tackle them and they're just that kind of player, yeah, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, Slade Bolden, you mentioned him. He's kind of garbage, but he's also, he just like is a Patriots cliche. So I see why you like him. 
<laughs> take him in the sixth round or just let him go Alabama. undrafted. And, Alabama, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Alabama slot receiver who played under Bill O'Brien, who's thrown a, a t- touchdown, who returns kicks and punts, who roomed with Mac Jones, who, I mean, it just goes, he's just like literally, he's the, on paper, he's the most perfect player, except that he's just not that good. Yeah. Basically, the point is, you you shouldn't, even if the Patriots do get a big op, option, like a, the guy, wide receiver one, this year, let's say they somehow land Amari Cooper. Give me Cooper. Give me him. Oh, God. I still think they should go after a guy like Mechie or Wandale Robinson or something because as much as I am Jacoby Myers' like biggest fan in the media, I do wonder if they can't slash shouldn't upgrade the slot position. I mean, honestly, if they could get a guy that's a little bit harder to cover, a little bit harder to tackle, just a little bit better overall, like, wouldn't that change the complexion of this offense? If Julian Edelman was back in the offense instead of Jacoby Myers, how much better would it be? Probably significantly, right? So they have to start thinking about, okay, can we get a better option than Jacoby Myers before Jacoby Myers wants a long-term extension? Because I bet when he tries to hit the open market next year, they are not going to give him a contract until he goes out and finds something that they have to match. Cause I don't think he's going to go out to the market and find good money. So why not have someone prepared in the event that you don't really want to extend Jacoby Myers and start looking for his eventual replacement to upgrade him. And if, it, if that draft pick doesn't work out, then you extend Myers and it won't cost you too much money, but at least you looked into getting something better. Yeah. I mean, when you just, when you look at the wide receivers, I mean, you, if you add an Amari Cooper and you got Amari Cooper and Kendrick Bourne on the outside with Jacoby Myers underneath and Hunter Henry, I mean, you're in business, you're in business. You've, you've now surrounded Mac Jones with what he needs. So yeah, super fascinating. It's just, is it a smokescreen or is it real? And are they really going to go after some of these guys? Would they would they really go after Allen Robinson and make that signing? Like, oh man, it's it's so fascinating. I don't know. I don't I don't know if I trust Belichick to do it. Uh, yeah, but, but probably well, not Robinson. But yeah. I I wouldn't rule out Amari Cooper. I okay. think that's a possibility. I'm going to hold on to that one, Henry. I'm going to hold on to that when I go to sleep yeah. at night. I'm going to hold out that. hope for that. <laughs> um, I want to get to J.C. Jackson and the cornerback spot because I, I don't think a lot of Patriots fans are surprised that they did not tag J.C. Jackson, that he's heading to the open market. As soon as I read that he was looking for Jalen Ramsey money, I said, well, they're not going to get a deal done with the Patriots uh, long term. I think his uh, franchise number would have been $17 million, fully guaranteed, just didn't make a lot of sense. Uh, they would have had to restructure some contracts, right, to get him under. Uh, and then, you know, that number's kind of big, so it makes a, ca- uh, a franchise tag and trade scenario kind of difficult. Um, you know, there's precedence for this, right? Bill Belichick has brought in an undrafted guy, Malcolm Butler, just like he did with J.C. Jackson, turned him into a cornerback one, and then let him walk away for big money, so... The same exact thing's about to happen with J.C. Jackson. So I'm not surprised that Jackson's gone. I'm just, everywhere I read, Henry, Jackson's now the number one available free agency after the franchise tags. And I can't help but look back at 2021 when the Patriots had Stephon Gilmore and J.C. Jackson. And now they don't have either of those guys. And we're entering the 2022 offseason in free agency with, I think, is Jonathan Jones our best corner? Jalen Mills? I mean, are we holding out hope that Sean Wade, who had basically a redshirt year last year, is is Sean Wade the guy? 
I don't think a lot of us have a lot of hope in Jawan Williams or, or Miles Bryant at, at, after the way last season ended. And maybe they have they bring something to the table, but you know, not if we're hoping they can cover guys with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes throwing passes. So uh, I'm I'm a worry I'm worried about the cornerback spot for sure. You know because we're in a much better spot last year than we are right now. So like, what do they do? What do they do? Do you think they're going to go out and sign a veteran? You had an interesting piece up on Patriots Wire. You brought up a guy, Levi Wallace, over in Buffalo. I, that one stuck out to me. You, you mentioned, I think, six or seven different uh, candidates. Uh, one of them was Carlton Davis. He's, an, he's one of the better corners in football, so if we could get him, uh, that'd be great. But Levi Wallace is an interesting name because over in Buffalo, it always seems like the Bills are never sold on Levi Wallace. They're always bringing in guys to compete with him, and Levi Wallace is always their number two corner, and he's always on the field. Uh, and so I think Levi Wallace is kind of a veteran guy who's a good corner. I think he'd be your best corner um, if you brought him over here to Foxborough. He's an interesting name, but like, what are you expecting now with corner, given that J.C. Jackson's going to go get you know a bucket of cash somewhere? Right. So if, if we are going full conspiracy theorist, all of this buzz about the Patriots getting aggressive in the receiver market, all the buzz at the combine, where they interviewed every single receiver, including the Ohio State guys and the USC guys and the blah, 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 blah guys and the yep. really good ones. Bring it to me. What's That's the conspiracy? That's all fake. Yep, yep. The it, conspiracy is, he, Bill Jack's like, look over here. You guys think I need a receiver? Yeah, I definitely need a receiver. And I'm not even, I need a receiver so bad, I'm not even going to tag J.C. Jackson. I'm going to give up J.C. Jackson to get a receiver. And then free agency rolls around and Belichick signs Levi Wallace for a big deal, right? I mean, like, could you imagine as Bel- Belichick wouldn't sign away a really good player from the Buffalo Bills and make him even better, would he? I just Cough. think he's spending too Stephon much energy Gilmore. trying to Cough. throw. He, he's just trying to throw everybody off, Henry. He's spending too much energy doing that piece of it. I mean, I don't know if he's actually doing it. but And <laughs> honestly, it could just be that reporters are digging into positions that fans find most interesting. And so Belichick's doing the same due diligence into the receiver market as he is with the quarterback market. But I just like to have fun with these conspiracy theories. What What is possible, I think, is a guy like DJ Reed, who he's probably like, he's considered like the third, fourth, fifth best cornerback on this market. He's been the second cornerback in Seattle. Seattle has a lot of money, so he's a tough guy for the Patriots to pry away from Seattle, but they're also a dumpster fire because they just traded away Wilson, because they traded away everybody, yeah, and more players might be yep. gone, yep. including Tyler Lockett. So maybe it's a tougher sell for Seattle to retain a guy like Reed, and maybe Belichick says, hey, DJ, I'm going to make you the best cornerback in the NFL next year. Sign for me. Sign with me for $12 million a year, and that's his big splash. Rather than get Amari Cooper, he gets DJ Reed or Le- Levi Wallace or um, I don't know. But that that's a possibility is paying big money to get to turn a cornerback two into a cornerback one. And Belichick has faith that he could do that. It's a much less sexy other splash. Names. Yeah. It's a much less sexy splash, Henry. But it would be a splash right. nonetheless. Nonetheless. So why DJ Reed? I'll, I'll give you some stats. So like you, I can contextualize why I think he's potentially, you know, he's like JC Jackson last year, in my opinion, where JC Jackson was a cornerback too, but everybody was kind of thinking maybe he could be cornerback one. And then he, he was. So Reed allowed 
51.5% of his targets for 383 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. He missed two weeks with injury. That's it. So that's a pretty incredible year. Played a 1,000 snaps, 79% of all of Seattle's defensive snaps. I'm sure that NFL evaluators have seen that. It's not like he's totally under the radar. But he's not He's not J.C. Jackson. He's not Carlton Davis. He's below those guys. And so maybe, you know, you can sneak in a decent deal with him. The other guy that I like is Desmond King from Houston. He had a respectable year in a terrible Houston defense. So you want to buy low on a guy who's still potentially got some upside, Desmond King. Sidney Jones, another Seattle receiver, I mean, cornerback, had a nice stretch at the second half of last year. He's a former second-round pick, but tore his ACL coming into the draft. And then the final name that I like, Kevin King. Um, really inconsistent player, but a player that they could potentially get for a million a year um, or somewhere around there, like two million a year. Packers fans and, will tell you good luck. <laughs> yeah, good luck and good riddance. But yeah. but everyone would have said the exact same thing about Jalen Mills last year. Every every Eagles fan would have said good luck and good riddance because Jalen Mills is super inconsistent. Well, what did the Patriots do? They made him consistent. I mean, he was not consistently amazing, but he was like consistently okay, right? Consistent so in his if role. The Patriots, yeah. yeah. And if the Patriots can make something out of Kevin King, go for it. Right. Like that's only going to cost him two million a year. I don't know. I, I like I like some of these names that are flying under the radar. I don't rule out the possibility that Belichick's going to spend big on a quarterback that's not named J.C. Jackson. Think about what happened with Stefan Gilmore and Malcolm Butler. Belichick made Malcolm Butler into a quarterback one, but he made Stefan Gilmore into the best quarterback in the NFL. Yep. Right. So yep. and and. He let Malcolm Butler go so that Stefan Gilmore could get that big deal. I don't think it's impossible that Belichick does the same thing this free agency. Yep, there's precedence there. There's no doubt about it. And I'm a little worried about the depth chart at linebacker, too. Maybe we could end there. I mean, we know that Matt Judon's coming back. Uh, but, you know, past him, we don't have a lot of proven guys right now. I mean, you know, I think the clock's still ticking on guys like uh, Dante Hightower. Will he be back? Jawan Bentley? Jamie Collins, these are all veterans that could walk in free agency, right? We're gonna have to we're gonna have to find out if they're in the Patriots' plans. Past them, we have Josh Uche, you know, who's man. We keep waiting for his breakout year. I thought it was gonna be this past season. It wasn't really. He's still playing limited snaps, just like Chase Winovich, Ronnie Perkins. We're not sure. Cam McGrone, we're not sure. So, what do you think about the linebacking group when you're looking at it as like uh, you know from a bird's eye view? Uh, and what moves could be coming there, and is it time for them to let guys like Hightower and Bentley go and get younger? And you know, the the big word we keep hearing everywhere. Anyone who wants to talk about the Patriots, especially at the second level of the defense, is speed. They got to get faster. They got to be able to cover guys a little bit better um, from the linebacker position. So younger and faster, maybe that means letting those veteran guys go that Belichick's really comfortable with, and finding someone in free agency or the draft. But how are you feeling right now behind Judon in that, you know, in that position group for the Pats going into this, this offseason? So I don't think the Patriots feel good. They dumped Cal Van Noy. They uh, potentially could see Jawan Bentley and Dante Hightower leave. But I think ultimately 
you you let high you let those guys go. I think it's okay unless unless both guys go on the free agent market and they their offers are terrible. And basically, if the Patriots get like a really good deal, a really nice home down discount, why not keep Dante Hightower for another year? If it doesn't interfere with your ability to bring in someone like Jayon Brown or just someone else that's not like old. <laughs> I mean, I hate, to, I hate to be that simple. But Somebody who can move high t- laterally. Hightower. Yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, he was, he was better than fans are giving him credit for. Imagine that fans are not nuanced about their takes on <laughs> players, but he also isn't as good as you need him to be. And that's the real point is like as good as Hightower was, He's not quite good enough anymore, and it's not like he's going to get better. So uh, start thinking about an upgrade. Start thinking about upside linebackers, whether they're young or whether they've been in the wrong defense for the last few years or whether they are out of position or whether they whatever. But do what Belgic does so well. Identify someone who is below market, pay them below market, get them to play above market. That's what... I trust Belichick will do this offseason. And we're going to go into training camp being like, who the heck is playing linebacker for the Patriots this year? With the exception of if Belichick uses a high pick on linebackers, which is possible. But for the most part, it's going to be a question mark, I think. It's going to be a lot of new players. And we won't know until week one or until you know the end of preseason which linebackers are going to be good. But I feel like you could probably trust Belichick to have them be good. <laughs> it's like a little bit too generous to Belichick, but I think I give him, I challenge him enough for like me to not sound like a homer in this situation. Well, remember, he's got to be the offensive coordinator this year too, Henry. So he's got a lot of this play. Yeah. Um, I just like what you said about Hightower. <laughs> said he's uh, he's just not as good anymore. And it's not like he's going to get better. <laughs> just like, I just like how you put that. That was perfect. Um, I think they need to go find Micah Parsons. That, that would help, right? Just is there a unicorn type of player that they could get if they go linebacker in the draft that like can play inside, outside, and cover? Like that would be nice. Uh, I would just love yeah. to get like a y- nice Whoa. young superstar prospect. That uh, can we just get Micah Parsons? Is that possible? Oh my god, you're ridiculous. Yeah, once in a generation linebacker prospect, Micah Parsons. Sure, yes, Andrew. <laughs> they'll find him this year. They'll yeah. trade back and they'll find him. Yeah, we gotta find. Well, we gotta find the next one, the next unicorn. You know, the next mm-hmm. unicorn who has like off the field issues that drops in the draft, and the Patriots, uh, the Patriots get him. So I don't know. We'll see. There's already, you know, the NFL offseason is hilarious. It's awesome. Like Russell Wilson is a Bronco. Like it's just great. Like it's already happening. Uh, there's nothing like it, right? There's nothing like the NFL offseason. And uh, Monday is Monday. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is the open window of the tampering right this coming Monday? So yeah, we get we get to start seeing people making moves, agreeing all, to terms. Yeah, all the news is going to just drop right on that day, right? Schefter's going to he has it all lined up already. All the tweets are lined up. He just needs to tweet them out. Um, all the news is going to drop on Monday, and uh, we'll see. We'll see if the Patriots are really in on these guys, Levi Wallace, Amari Cooper. You know, so we got to keep our uh, got to keep our hopes up, man. You got you got one final thought, one final word before we close this one out. Uh, ladies, gentlemen, have a nice week. Go, 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 go.
This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.